I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Numbers chapters 26 and 27. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. Now, in Numbers chapter 26, we get another count. You'll recall that we got a count in year 2, and now it's year 40, and we get yet another count. Verse 1, we have the command to count. And it came to pass after the plague that the Lord spoke to Moses and Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the children of Israel, from twenty years old and above, by their fathers' houses, all who are able to go to war in Israel. So Moses and Eleazar, the priest, spoke with them in the plains of Moab, by the Jordan, across from Jericho, saying, Take a census of the people from twenty years old and above, just as the Lord commanded Moses and the children of Israel who came out of the land of Egypt. The census count at the beginning of the forty-year stay in the wilderness, that's found in Numbers chapter 1. Now verse 1 here refers to the plague that killed the 23,000 in Numbers chapter 25. We're told in that chapter that a man named Zimri, son of Salu, a leader among the Simeonites was the one killed by Phinehas when he brought back the pagan-worshipping gal to the camp. It's likely that the plague of Numbers chapter 25 began spreading on the south side of the tabernacle where the Simeonites were encamped. As a matter of fact, notice the diminished numbers of all three tribes that lived on the south side of the tabernacle below the Kohathites. This is also the area of the camp where the rebellion of Korah in Numbers chapter 16 originated with the leaders of the tribe of Reuben. Reuben's immediate neighbors on the south side were Simeon and Gad. Their numbers were reduced by 45,020. That's about 30% over those of 38 years before. Look at the huge hit in numbers that Simeon took alone. That rebellion gets mentioned in verses 9 through 11. But notice particularly verse 11 when it says, Nevertheless, the children of Korah did not die. So the families of the Reubenites, Simeonites, and Gadites were killed in that rebellion, but not Korah's children who were Levites. And uh, if you want to make reference to the table that I have uh, showing the difference between the year 2 census and the year 40 census, then it's the top of the page of the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today. And you'll notice that the Simeonites went from uh, 59,300 in year 2 down to 22,200 in year 40, and that's a decrease of 37,100. So as we're looking at the uh, census here, first we begin with Reuben. In verse 5, Reuben was the firstborn of Israel. The children of Reuben were of Hanuk, the family of the Hanukites of Palu, the family of the Paluites of Hezron, the family of the Hezronites of Carmi, the family of the Carmites. These are the families of the Reubenites. Those who were numbered of them were 43,730. And the son of Palu was Eliab. The sons of Eliab were Nimuel, Dathan, and Abiram. These are the Dathan and Abiram, representatives of the congregation, who contended against Moses and Aaron in the company of Korah when they contended against the Lord. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah when that company died, when the fire devoured 250 men. 
and they became a sign. Nevertheless, the children of Korah did not die. Well, Reuben's tribe took a hit in numbers between the first and second census. The reason is seen in verses 9 through 11. It was that rebellion that caused some massive deaths among the tribes on the south side of the tabernacle. That's again in Numbers chapter 16. Reuben's numbers diminished to 43,730 from 46,500 since that original census. That was a loss of 2,770. Then we have an accounting of Simeon. Verse 12, the sons of Simeon, according to their families, were of Nimuel, the family of the Nimuelites, of Jamin, the family of the Jamanites, of Jacob, the family of the Jaconites, of Zerah, the family of the Zarhites, of Shaul, the family of the Shaulites. These are the families of the Simeonites, 22,200. Now, Simeon's tribe was located on the south side of the tabernacle, along with Reuben. That's where the rebellion, again, of Numbers chapter 16 took place. As a matter of fact, Simeon suffered the biggest loss in population now at the end of the census, only numbering 22,200 down from 59,300. And as I said earlier, that's a loss of 37,100 people. Well, just men. And then Gad. The accounting is in verse 15. The sons of Gad, according to their families, were of Zephon, the family of the Zephonites, of Haggai, the family of the Haggites, of Shunai, the family of the Shunites, of Oznai, the family of the Oznites, of Eri, the family of the Erites, of Arod, the family of the Aradites, of Areli, the family of the Arelites. These are the families of the sons of Gad, according to those who were numbered of them, 40,500. Gad's tribe, located on the south side of the tabernacle, along with Reuben and Simeon, also suffered a net loss in population between that first census and this second census. This was undoubtedly, again, as a result of the rebellion of Numbers chapter 16. They diminished by 5,150 from 45,650 down to 40,500. And then the tribe of Judah, verse 19. The sons of Judah were Ir and Onan, and Ir and Onan died in the land of Canaan. And the sons of Judah, according to their families, were of Shelah, the family of the Shelanites, of Perez, the family of the Parzites, of Zerah, the family of the Zarhites. And the sons of Perez were of Hezron, the family of the Hezronites, of Hamul, the family of the Hamalites. These are the families of Judah, according to those who were numbered of them, 76,500. So, in this census, Judah increased from 74,600 to 76,500. That's a gain of 1,900. The death of Ir and Onan in Genesis chapter 38 is also noted there. And incidentally, the descendants of Shelah had some Canaanite heritage through Judah's wife, Shuah, also seen in Genesis chapter 38. And then we come to Issachar, his counting in verse 23. The sons of Issachar, according to their families, were of Tola, the family of the Tolaites, of Puah, the family of the Punites, of Jashub, the family of the Jashubites, of Shimron, the family of the Shimronites. These are the families of Issachar, according to those who were numbered of them, 64,300. Issachar's tribe increased from 54,400 to 64,300, that's a gain of 9,900. Then the tribe of Zebulun, beginning in verse 26. The sons of Zebulun, according to their families, were 
of Sered, the family of the Sardites, of Elon, the family of the Elonites, of Jalael, the family of the Jalaelites. These are the families of the Zebulonites, according to those who were numbered of them, 60,500. So Zebulun's tribe also increased from 57,400 to 60,500, which was a gain of 3,100. Joseph gets honorable mention in verse 28, where it says, The sons of Joseph, according to their families, by Manasseh and Ephraim, were. And then we'll read about Manasseh and Ephraim in just a moment, but let me make this comment first. Joseph's two sons were adopted by Jacob in Genesis chapter 48, verses 5 through 22. They become the substitute for Joseph among the tribes of Israel. And since the Levites are not numbered, the number of tribes still rounds out to an even 12. And then we come to Manasseh in verse 29. The sons of Manasseh, of Maker, the family of the Makerites, and Maker begot Gilead, of Gilead, the family of the Gileadites. These are the sons of Gilead, of Jeezer, the family of the Jeezerites, of Helik, the family of the Helikites of Azrael, the family of the Azraelites, of Shechem, the family of the Shechemites, of Shemida, the family of the Shemidaites, of Hefer, the family of the Heferites. Now, Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, had no sons but daughters, and the names of the daughters of Zelophehad were Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Terzah. These are the families of Manasseh, and those who were numbered of them were 52,700. So Manasseh was the son of Joseph, and his numbers increased from 32,200 to 52,700, a big gain of 20,500 over those 38-plus years between census counts. Now Ephraim is the next tribe, and of course he's one of Joseph's sons as well. Verse 35, these are the sons of Ephraim according to their families. Of Shuthalah, the family of the Shuthalites, of Becker, the family of the Bachrites, of Tehan, the family of the Tehanites. And these are the sons of Shuthalah, of Eron, the family of the Eronites. These are the families of the sons of Ephraim, according to those who were numbered of them, 32,500. These are the sons of Joseph, according to their families. So Ephraim was also the son of Joseph. His numbers decreased from 40,500 to 32,500. That's a significant loss of 8,000. And we're not told what brought about their loss in population. Incidentally, this was Joshua's tribe. And then we have Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin, verse 38. The sons of Benjamin, according to their families, were of Bela, the family of the Belaites, of Ashbel, the family of the Ashbelites, of Ahiram, the family of the Ahiramites, of Shufam, the family of the Shufamites, of Hufam, the family of the Hufamites, and the sons of Bela were Ard and Naaman, of Ard, the family of the Ardites, of Naaman, the family of the Naamites. These are the sons of Benjamin according to their families, and those who were numbered of them were 45,600. Benjamin's numbers significantly increased here by 10,200 from an original 35,400 in the first census to 45,600 in this census. And then the tribe of Dan in verses 42 and 43. These are the sons of Dan according to their families, of Shuham, the family of the Shuhamites. These are the families of Dan according to their families. All the families of the Shuhamites, according to those who were numbered of them, were 64,400. We see here that Dan's numbers increased somewhat, about 1,700, from 62,700 to 64,400. 
Next, we have the tribe of Asher, verse 44. The sons of Asher, according to their families, were of Jimnah, the family of the Jimnites, of Jeshuai, the family of the Jeshuites, of Bariah, the family of the Baraites, of the sons of Bariah, of Heber, the family of the Heberites, of Malchiel, the family of the Malchielites, and the name of the daughter of Asher was Serah. These are the families of the sons of Asher, according to those who were numbered to them, 53,400. So Asher began with 41,500 in that first census and significantly increased by 11,900 to a whopping 53,400 in this second census. And then we round it out with the tribe of Naphtali, verse 48. The sons of Naphtali, according to their families, were of Jazael, the family of the Jazaelites, of Gunai, the family of the Gunites, of Jezer, the family of the Jezerites, of Shilam, the family of the Shilamites. These are the families of Naphtali, according to their families, and those who were numbered of them were 45,400. So Naphtali here we see lost 8,000 over the years from 53,400 to 45,400, and we just don't know why. So the grand total here is 61,730. We get that in verse 51. These are those who were numbered of the children of Israel, 601,730. So overall, the 12 tribes diminished in population over the 40 years from 603,550 to 601,730. That was a loss of 1,820. Now, keep in mind, these numbers include no Levite men. Then we have instructions in verse 52, beginning with verse 52, on dividing the land. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, To these the land shall be divided as an inheritance according to the number of name. To a large tribe you shall give a larger inheritance, and to a small tribe you shall give a smaller inheritance. Each shall be given its inheritance according to those who were numbered of them. But the land shall be divided by lot. They shall inherit according to the names of the tribes of their fathers. According to the lot, their inheritance shall be divided between the larger and the smaller. Then we have the numbering of the Levites in verse 57, where we begin reading about the Levites. And these are those who were numbered of the Levites according to their families of Gershon, the family of the Gershonites, of Kohath, the family of the Kohathites, of Merari, the family of the Merarites. These are the families of the Levites, the family of the Libnites, the family of the Hebronites, the family of the Malites, the family of the Mushites, and the family of the Korathites, and Kohath begot Amram. The name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, who was born to Levi in Egypt, and to Amram she bore Aaron and Moses and their sister Miriam. To Aaron were born Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, and Nadab and Abihu died when they offered profane fire before the Lord. Now those who were numbered of them were 23,000, every male from a month old and above. For they were not numbered among the other children of Israel because there was no inheritance given to them among the children of Israel. Now, beginning in verse 63, we talk about the non-Levite men who were left over from 40 years ago, and we find out that it was only Joshua and Caleb beginning in verse 63. These are those who were numbered by Moses and Eleazar the priest, who numbered the children of Israel in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. But among these there was not a man of those who were numbered by Moses and Aaron the priest when they numbered the children of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. 
For the Lord had said of them, They shall surely die in the wilderness. So there was not left a man of them except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. So the Levites were numbered from one month old upward, but only the males. Their number in the fortieth year, according to verse 62, was 23,000. They weren't numbered above with the others because they were separated out, and they received no inheritance of land for their tribe. The Levites lived among the other twelve tribes upon arrival into Canaan. You'll recall that when the Hebrews wanted to stone Moses and Aaron after the spies came back in Numbers chapter 14, that God made a decree which kept them in the wilderness for another 38-plus years. Remember his words in Numbers chapter 14, verses 29 and 30, when he said, The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness, all of you who were numbered according to your entire number from twenty years old and above, except for Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. Now notice the comment made regarding this 40th year census in Numbers chapter 26, the chapter we're reading now, verses 64 and 65. But among these there was not a man of those who were numbered by Moses and Aaron the priest when they numbered the children of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. For the Lord had said of them, They shall surely die in the wilderness. So there was not left a man of them except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Now here's an interesting aspect of this count. Who's now the high priest succeeding Aaron and going on into Canaan with Israel? Now, if you said Eleazar, you are correct. However, Eleazar was serving as a priest under his father Aaron back before the spies were sent out. So obviously, he was an adult at that point in time. And if we follow the service age of the priest in Numbers chapter 4, he was at least 30 years old. Yet, he did not die before reaching Canaan. Therefore, one can confidently deduct that the Levites were exempt from the judgment on the adult men of Numbers chapter 14, verses 29 and 30. Now, I've written an article uh, on this very subject. It's entitled, The Canaan Spies in the Forty Years, and the subtitle were Women and Levites Exempt from the Decree, and in fact, they were. And you can read that article. It's on the printed notes of BibleTrack.org for today, or you can read it in the topic section. So then we come up to Numbers chapter 27, and we have an issue that all we can say is they're saying that's not fair. Verse 1, Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Maker, the son of Manasseh, from the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these were the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Terzah. And they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priest, and before the leaders of all the congregation by the doorway of the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, but he was not in the company of those who gathered together against the Lord in company with Korah, but he died in his own sin, and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be removed from among his family because he had no son? Give us a possession among our father's brothers." So Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak what is right. You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their father's brothers, and cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughter. If he has no daughter, then you shall give his inheritance to his brothers." If he has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to his father's brothers. 
And if his father has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to the relative closest to him in his family, and he shall possess it. And it shall be to the children of Israel a statute of judgment, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Well, we see here that the squeaky wheel gets the oil. These women, the daughters of Zelophehad of the tribe of Manasseh, well, they approached Moses with their problem. Because their father had died in the wilderness since they left Egypt, current inheritance laws leave them with nothing when they arrive in Canaan. Hmm, big law revision is in view here. Moses consults God on this very issue. Subsequently, God commands Moses to make some you-won't-be-left-out legislation to take care of the situation for them, as well as others who may fall into this category in the future. The situation comes up again in Numbers chapter 36, verses 1 through 13, where it gets amended. They receive their inheritance in Joshua chapter 17, verses 1 through 18, just as Moses decreed that it would be. And then Joshua gets the promotion of his life in verses 12 through 23 of Numbers chapter 27. Verse 12, Now the Lord said to Moses, Go up into this mountain, Abarim, and see the land which I have given to the children of Israel. And when you have seen it, you also shall be gathered to your people, as Aaron your brother was gathered. For in the wilderness of Zin, during the strife of the congregation, you rebelled against my command to hallow me at the waters before their eyes. These are the waters of Meribah and Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. Then Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua the son of Nun with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Set him before Eleazar the priest, and before all the congregation, and inaugurate him in their sight. And ye shall give some of your authority to him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. He shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall inquire before the Lord for him by the judgment of the Urim. At his word they shall go out, and at his word they shall come in, he and all the children of Israel with him, all the congregation. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation, and he laid his hands on him and inaugurated him, just as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. That's right, Joshua here gets the big job. Moses had gotten the word from God that because of his fit of rage in Numbers chapter 20 verses 1 through 13 regarding that water from the rock incident that he won't be going on over into Canaan with his people. However, we do see the concept of eternal life in verse 13 when God tells Moses, you also shall be gathered to your people. They hold a swearing-in ceremony before the people, that's for Joshua, and that's where Eleazar the high priest will inaugurate him in their sight. So, here you go. Meet your new leader. His name is Joshua. Incidentally, Joshua had all the right credentials for the job. As a matter of fact, Joshua ascended the mountain with Moses back in Exodus chapter 24, verse 13. That's when God gave the plan for the tabernacle to Moses. Joshua was with Moses when they descended from the mountain in Exodus chapter 32 to find that Aaron had constructed a golden calf. Since there are only two non-Levite men who were with Moses out of Egypt, Joshua and Caleb, it just makes sense that Joshua is God's man to lead Israel. This concludes our podcast for today. 
I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton. 